The scripture reading this morning is from John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The word of God for the people of God. January 15th, 2023 could be the last Sunday, excuse me, the last sunset before 5 p.m., not just for 10 months, but for forever, if Congress can get its act together. (laughs) Now I know it's more likely that the sun explodes than that happens, but we can all hope. Perhaps you remember in March of this past year, the Senate voted unanimously to next year put a stop to the twice annual changing of the clocks which supporters say will lessen childhood obesity, save energy, boost mental health, and improve public safety. Wonderful, right? It's a no-brainer. Let's make it happen. Well, not so fast, says CU Boulder professor Ken Wright. There is scientific consensus, he says, that time change is bad, but the time change we should be getting rid of, according to him, is actually daylight savings time, and we should be sticking to standard time. According to Wright, a permanent move to to daylight savings time would lead to many more dark mornings, which has its own set of problems. Getting some head nods and amens. (laughs) There is less sun exposure to melt snow and ice for those morning commutes. School children will be waiting for their buses in the dark, And all the benefits that kids have gained from pushing back school start times will be effectively erased. And more, because of the wonkiness of time zones and geography across the country, in some parts of the United States, sunrise won't happen until 9 a.m. or later during the winter months. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, getting my kids up and going in the morning is hard enough without having to worry about it being pitch black outside. Recently, I was talking to a spiritual director after having read of these challenges of making daylight savings time permanent, and I asked them if this was all symptomatic of a bigger challenge. The inability of humanity, modern humanity, to live within the rhythms of nature, of within the seasons. You know, in in nature, there's only one growing season at least as I understand it, spring, and more, there's an entire three-month season-long span where nothing happens. Nature is basically dead and dormant, visibly doing nothing. Winter. Yet what do we do? We do the opposite. We vacation in the summer, and we work long and hard hours in the winter. We systematize, we strategize, we organize. And I'm not saying we should throw away our clocks and our calendars and our schedules, but I do think and I do wonder if all this 
mechanization and organization and systemization limits our ability to see and experience wonder in the world around of us. We live in Colorado, right? A beautiful state with fall colors and snow-capped mountains and long, beautiful summer evenings. But too often there's a big project to work, the kids have sports, we're nose deep in our phones all day, whatever it is, we've all been there. And we miss the beauty right in front of us day after day after day. As one author wrote, what happens is we live days, maybe even weeks, without wonder and amazement. We don't notice the glorious display all around us, the glory of God. Instead, what we see is busy schedules, dishes, dirty dishes, bills to be paid, children who are fighting once again, the mean neighbor, the hard boss, too much traffic, laundry piling up, cars that need repair, movies we have to see, blogs we have to read, podcasts we have to listen to, a cool restaurant we need to visit, vacation just around the corner, family challenges yet again. Especially during the holiday season when we're supposed to be festive and cheerful, we can be weighed down instead by hectic schedules and too many responsibilities. Instead, feeling worn down and bitter. There has got to be a better way. Our Bible text this morning that Carol read is one of the most glorious and I think poetic passages in the entire Bible. I'm going to read it again just because I always enjoy hearing it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. An amazing, glorious, poetic passage Yet I'm drawn to a couple lines in that text. All things came into being with him, through him, and without him not one thing came into being. Said differently, everything exists because of God, and without him nothing could exist. A cataclysmic bang or a gentle whisper, one thing somehow I believe that it all goes back to God, that God is somehow behind it all. How could it not be so? The immensity of our world, the expansiveness of our universe, the amazing pictures brought back from the James Webb Space Telescope, it all leads me to a place of awe and wonder. And from that awe and wonder, I am filled with a deep sense of gratitude. I appreciate the words from a song Great are you, Lord, by all sons and daughters. Now, if Sandy wasn't feeling well, she's going to pop up here and sing it because I don't sing. But I want to read these words to you as best I can, non-rhythmically. <laughs> you give life, you are love, you bring light into the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. It's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. 
Everything we have, everything we are, even the very breath in our lungs is because of God. It is from God. Therefore, our only response in awe and wonder can be one of deep gratitude and thanksgiving. God, it's your breath in my lungs, so I praise and thank you. As the psalmist wrote so long ago, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name above all the earth. This ancient psalm demonstrates the truth about humanity that I believe is still very much the case today. Gratitude. Gratitude is a natural response to awe and wonder. Therefore, it is essential, I believe, that we make time and space in our lives to be in awe, to be wowed, to find ourselves in wonder and amazement. In our world of daily schedules and hectic routines and endless distractions, take time, make space to experience wonder and amazement, to be in awe. Three experiences recently come to mind for me. Just last Saturday, Karina and I were driving up the mountains to go to Georgetown to ride the Loop Railroad. Racing up the mountain, of course, trying to make it in time, paying attention to Google Maps as we raced up the mountain. You know, there's the ETA, which somehow always seems to get worse despite going 70 miles an hour going up I-70, right? There's a last-second route changes that Google's always trying to throw you off on to shave a few seconds. And, of course, the actual stop-and-go traffic, right? Try not to rear-end the car in front of you. And, of course, the joyous constant stressors in our lives, the two little ones in the back seat. And I don't, I don't know about you, but what, for me, whenever we crest the Genesee exit over the Buffalo Overlook, and you look out, I look out at least, see the canyon, the Continental Divide, I find myself in awe and wonder, if only for a moment. Now, if you know that drive well, it's only a short stretch of roadway before the highway veers off to the left around the Chief Hosa exit, and in our instance, we're, we're buzzing by the Evergreen Parkway uh, off-ramp, realizing Google was trying to take us that direction, and then, of course, soon enough, we are navigating stop-and-go traffic on Floyd Hill. The awe and wonder of that moment lasted only for a short time, but it stuck with me amidst all the craziness of the day. What a beautiful, incredible, majestic view. Last Sunday, I stayed at church after to prepare for the youth Christmas party in the evening. I took a break and walked to the park. It was a glorious day, and I was relishing, if only for a moment, the beauty of the park, the warmth of the sunshine, thankful for the creation around me. A few weeks ago, Friday after Thanksgiving, I found myself with the unenviable task of, or 
what do you, what's the word for taking the meat off the turkey? Right, whatever that is. Taking the meat off the turkey. <laughs> Yet even in that grisly, somewhat grisly and gruesome task, right? I found myself thanking God for the food, for the life of the turkey, for the abundance. When was the last time you found yourself in a moment of awe and wonder? When was the last time you found yourself giving thanks to God or even just for a turkey for the goodness before you? Or as author Tish Oxenreiter asks in the Bible study Reverend Sandy has been leading, when did you last see the light of God? This morning, as we find ourselves a week away from Christmas, New Year's Eve, just two weeks, and before we know it, just around the corner, a new year, 2023. This week, this Christmas, this new year, we can either stumble into the shadows or walk into the light. We can either allow the shadows of deadlines and due dates to overwhelm us and limit our vision, or we can slow down, make space, and be open to wonder and amazement and find ourselves moved to a place of deep gratitude and thanksgiving. I don't know what does it for you. Maybe it's being out in nature, hearing the beauty of a choir cantata, a candlelit Christmas Eve service, being in the loving community of a faith community, sharing time with family and loved ones, hearing the, the Word of God proclaimed, seeing a sunrise or a sunset. Whatever it is, my prayer for you is that in these coming days you might find yourself overcome with wonder and amazement. And from that wonder and amazement, if only for a moment, you might be moved toward a place of deep gratitude and thanksgiving, giving thanks to God, giving praise to God, for from God all things came into being, and without Him, not one thing came into being. God is your breath in our lungs, and we pour out our praise and thanks to you only. Amen.